0: Welcome to Groundhog Day. It's February 2nd, Groundhog Day. And Sniper's Hide is down. They're moving the servers. It looks like I kind of hit a weird button by accident. And what happened? I saw some, like, numbers and forbiddens and things. And the software was different. So I think they actually moved my server. So if you're kind of trying to access Sniper's Hide and it's not working, because we're working on it. Uh, We got a bunch of stuff happening. Uh, The live stream is going to be coming up. The app is about ready. So you'll have a dedicated app um, that you'll be able to put on the phone. I'm running the Android run right now. Android is a little easier for me um, versus the test flight and iPhone. Um, So I'm running the Android right now, and it's pretty stable, working pretty well, and it it gives you access to the form and lets you do all that stuff, and then it'll have a live stream area because I'm going to be doing some like TV shows. I have the Hyde TV coming. Um, and right now there's three channels, but I could do as many as 10. Pretty cool. And then, uh, from there, we're going to go and, um, have guest people come on and talk and do things like that. So you'll be able to like pop in, like, you know, to be like, Oh, Thursday night, what am I going to do? And then they'll be like, Oh, six o'clock. So-and-so is going to be talking on sniper's hide in a live stream. Let's go see what they have to say. And, uh, so we're going to be doing stuff like that. I'm going to be working with some other people more uh, in that digital realm. Uh, I'm trying to chill out a little bit this year and potentially just work uh, the classes. When this month, uh, February next week, we're going to California, Palo Range. Um, we got a class, a three-day class at the Palo Range, uh, mid-February. Uh, it's on Sniper's Hide O's Down. You can't even access it. But uh, if you wanted to do the Palo Range, you can reach out to Mark, uh, call up the Wiggy's Alaska address and you can get the phone number there and give Mark a ring if you're interested. If you're out in California and you want to do a class next weekend, it's in like the middle of the week. Um, I think it's like the 15th to the 17th, it sounds right, 15 to 17, Apollo Range and uh, just outside San Diego there, uh, Temecula areas where we stay. So um, that's where we're going to be. Coming mid-February, so uh, anybody wants to do that. Then uh, we're getting ready to set all the stuff up here. We're going to do the range and and do that kind of stuff. So uh, at least a minimum of once-a-month classes out here for uh, the Sniper's Hide stuff rather than just drive all over the country and chase all that stuff. Uh, Unfortunately, guys, some of you guys will have to start coming to me more so than me coming to you, right? Yeah, that kind of thing uh, going on. And then um, some interesting, I got some some unique fires. or Yeah, fires. I got some unique irons in the fire right now. And one of them I'm going to bring up a little quick intro. Uh, you've heard him on the podcast before, and he's not here, but Chris Way started a little podcast. More kind of like today might be short form, Um, he, it's, I like, he's got a radio voice really good. But the thing is, he's like, um, it's sort of a quiz. I I don't know how to say it, man, but it's asking you questions and it's looking at you to be more self-reflective rather than saying, Hey, you should just do this. It's more like, Hey, you should look at what you're doing and look at these elements and it, it, but um, he's got two episodes of his podcast. I think he's called the Straight Dope. So Chris Way, Straight Dope Riflecraft. Um, and then he's, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to get him on. I thought he was going to come by, but we've had weird weather, snow and crap. And and he's had kid duty, um, things like that. So our, our schedules haven't quite meshed as well as I want them to. But I wanted to bring uh, Chris out here. I had him over the other day, and he just, I mean... He gets the creative juices flowing. He makes you think and he never settles for anything. And, and and there, you know, there's so many things we do in this industry. Why are we doing this? Um, you know, well, because we always done it that way. Why do you do it like that? Well, we always did it that way and it worked. You know, I guess it could go, it could be the Harris bipod. Why do we use the Harris bipod? Well, because it's been there for forty years, it works fine for people, and it does it. even though there's a, there's better bipods out there, there's better things. I mean, there's some people that actually even work to push the Harris to kind of push back against the you need a different bipod. So you might go to an event or somebody who says, "Oh, when you're on this, you know, your bipod goes right here and fits perfect if you have a Harris." You know, because they figured out where these things are. But just because we always did it that way doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing it different, you know, or always looking for a better, more efficient way, I guess is a better way of putting it. Um, it's not so much difference for the po- sake of being different, but it's how do we do it better? How do we get more efficient? How are we looking at the processes we're using today? And is there a way to improve upon them? I mean, it's really not that crazy to think about. It's just, it's like, you, you you know, we're busy, we're distracted. So I see Chris as a way of reminding you to kind of, you know, reflect and look at these things and to do better and to push yourself. You know, he's the Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder. He's the, He's the guy where, you know, I'll go out. We all go out. We all do this. We'll we'll work on something within our means a little bit. We were busy. We're working. We got a job. Now we got our hobby. And we work on it to a certain point. And you get to an area and now you're doing pretty good. And you sort of, what we all do this, we all just all sit back and what do we do next? Kind of relax a little bit. Ah, I'm finally getting comfortable. I finally understand what I'm doing. I'm going to relax and I won't work as hard to get to a new like it's the it's the amount of effort. So let's if we just call it like an A, a B and a C with C being the the top, you know, your top 10, we'll say. So A is A is your your bottom 10%. B is your mid pack and C is your top 10%. Moving from A to B, yeah, it's not too bad. You know, it's usually pretty easy to get from A to B. You know, a lot of people are doing it and and that's usually perfect for time management. You know, family, you you're able to combine all these things. Your hobby's not taking away from your life. You know, and it's not cutting into your work and all these different things. So from A to B, that's where we all basically usually fall. And then going from B to C, that's where the that's where the commitment comes in. That's where you have to have the passion. And the passion, I've noticed in this, this has kind of been coming up a little bit. And and um, it's it's an interesting thing with passion, cause you, oh, go back to the races. So I watched the the Rolex 24 this weekend. Um, Scott and those guys are there. Andy Lally and the 44. Sorry, you ain't a Porsche, you're an Aston, but it's James Bond. Anyway, good runs on those guys. But I'm watching the Porsches are having a great friggin' battle at that last two laps, last three laps of the um 24 hour Daytona. But what they did in that race, the kind of which ties into this. Helio Castrovervis. Castro What is his name? Helio Castro Something like that. Whatever it is. You know who I mean. The the F1 guy or IndyCar, or whatever he races. It's not he's not a NASCAR guy. He's a South Brazilian. Um, you know, one of Indianapolis four uh Indianapolis five hundred four times now. Something like that. He's he's a high winner. Anyway, you know who I mean. So that guy's like, everybody's like, dude, you climbed the fence. And he's old. You know, he's, he's older for a race car driver. And he wins this Rolex 24. He's the overall winner. And uh, he gets out of the car and runs up the fence. He climbed the fence in uh, Indy. He's climbing the fence in Daytona. And he's won the Indy and the Daytona in the same year and, and kind of thing. And they're interviewing him. And he's just electric the guy is i mean grinning he's happy he's this he's ready to go he's i can't wait and he's talking about acura and and he's like because he was driving an acura um vehicle and he's like oh dude wait till you see what's coming we got so much i'm on this i'm excited and he's and they're like dude you're old you're supposed to be retiring you're done what's going on he's like the passion man he goes i'm passionate i love what i do it's the passion and and You know, that's where this kind of plays in. And not everybody has that same level of passion. You know, we're not all those multiple-time champions of whatever our chosen, you know, hobby type of sporting type of thing is, right? He is. He's making those big bucks. He's that multi-champion driving race cars all around the world. And he's doing his job and winning. But the guy's passionate. And that's where it comes down to what, what we're doing. So what you have to do is is you have to find this balance. And I think getting back to like Chris, Chris helps you craft tools, right? Rifle craft. We're crafting tools that help us with practice, that help us um, be more efficient, to streamline, to work within our means. Think of the tools we have out there that help us do this and not be all aw- or not be um on the range, right? The dry fire is a great example. The the deflack there that you can go get the Jeremy Swanee and all that, and, and um you know uh, uh Swanee's comp gear and you can get that that uh uh dry fire equipment. And I have one. It's great. Good tools, right? And what it does is it steps your scope down to work inside your house. You set up a poster board. And then you have your props, your barricades, your whatever. You could be in the garage. You could be in a spare room. You could be down in your basement. And you're going to go through the motion of practicing, right? So you have that dry fire. Dry fire is probably our most basic, simplest form of practice. So you can sit there. I can sit in this chair. And I got one right here. Hold on a minute, man. Wait, 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 wait. I hit all my buttons. So you guys had, well, I got this. So I got, I got a rifle right here. I, I got a rifle right in my hand. So I can sit right here and you guys can hear some of this and I could dry fire. Right. And I'm just sitting on the chair and I got the butt on, on my hip. Right. And it's shooting straight up into the air. And I could run the bolt and I can build my hand position and watch it. And I can look at my fingernail. Do I got a 90 degree trigger finger? Is my fingernail pointing at 9 o'clock for a right-handed guy? Does it start and stop at 9 o'clock? Like, boom. Is it just like press, break, freeze, right? I can go through this little monster in my head. Press, break, freeze, right? I could do it again. Press, break, freeze. And then I can get these down. And then I can kind of take dry fire from a basic like this. I'm building a a good positive trigger press mental package, right? I got this going on. Neural pathways being built. Press, break, freeze. Boom, right? Then I can get more advanced. And I can start going into positions. I can start putting time on me. I can start doing these things. I can run a stage in my house with the dry fire equipment, on the clock, build and break. You know what I'm saying? I could start from back here. Shooter, understand the course of fire? Yes, I do. I understand the course of fire. I got it. I'm all ready. Go. And then you could do your thing. Build and break, build and break, build and break, build and break. Get your shots off, right? You can go, oh, no, I got to shoot. Oh, I got to shoot him again. I got to shoot him one more time. It's 22, so it's short. Right? So I could do all that. And I can make my practice to the next level. Well, then what you're going to do next is you want to go live, right? So you're going to go out to the range. You got to set up your rifle. You got to make sure you're comfortable. You're going to check all those positions. And maybe in the beginning, you know, you know, you're kind of not sure what you're checking. You're just, I mean, how the guy, you bought a trick out little gun. They handed it to you and that's how it was. Now, as you learn more, you're moving the scope around. You're playing with the stock a little bit. You're kind of looking at your hand positions. And you're, you're, you're starting to become one with that rifle. You're starting to understand it. You're starting to learn it, and you're going from there. So now we got that. So we, we next thing we got to do is got to dope it, right? So we dope it out. We get our information. How come to, are you with shooting it? So we have all these things we can do, and we're just kind of getting to the shooting part. I'm going to zero it up. Maybe I want to look at my zero. Maybe I want to fine-tune that zero. Maybe I find that a prone shot for me and a standing shot for me off the tripod has a big enough variation in my vertical that I can actually fine-tune the zero to bridge the gap. Maybe you noticed that. All right, so now you're kind of playing with your zeros a little bit. What zero best works for me moving around and doing what I'm doing? Okay, I got that. Now I dope it. All right, how's my dope? Well, what is my dope swinging? Am I swinging big over here? Am I swinging small over there? Is it only like one-tenth, you know, at 500 yards when it's plus or minus? Or is it two or three-tenths at 500 yards when it's plus or minus? What are we looking at? So now I got to go through all that. How does this dope move in, in about the various conditions? And what am I doing to manage that kind of information? Is the Kestrel doing all the work for me? Or and is do I have the Kestrel set up correctly? Is it working as it's supposed to? I got my hard copy data here. I got my electronic data here. How does that hard copy data and that electronic data match up? And where are the variations when it's swinging? Is that electronic data helping me the way it's supposed to? Or do I find if I go back and shoot the hard data, it works a little bit better because this is my home range and it's not really swinging that much because I'm only shooting between, you know, April and October and a whole lot's not moving around too much. So I got that information. So now I gotta I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna practice. I'm gonna get my data. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna look at my gun. Now I gotta take all that dry fire PRSE type alternate position practice. And I gotta translate it to the range and go live. Because even though I dry fired it and I think I'm doing pretty good. I'm in my garage and I'm staying on target. I got the rifle balanced out well. I got the scope in a spot I like. I like, oh, I'm like I'm like a 13.6 power guy, you know, and that's where I want to be at 13.6. And so now I'm doing all those things. Why well, not? I got to do it live because now I got recoil in the way. I got wind in the way. I got all these other things that are happening. How's that working out? Right? So now we're practicing. We're doing all this and doing all that. Well, once we've got to this point, what's that button do? That was a button and I hit it. It's like a music break. Boom, I'm dropping it. So now I'm practicing live. I got to make sure it's good. So now I got to validate it. The next step is I got to actually go to a comp. I got to go test my skills under the pressure, the mental pressure of, oh shit, everybody's watching me. I know I've been practicing. I think I got it. You know, my wife says I'm ready, but am I really? Shooter, understand the course of beep, Beep. And all goes to hell. So what you realize is all that practice that you put in at home completely fell apart when you got to the range and you were at a live competition. However, what Manny will then realize is the more comps you go to, the more comfortable you're going to get with that. So apparently, you're eventually, not apparently, eventually, you're going to get equally comfortable on that part of it, putting it into practice, putting it into play. As you are when you're out there with yourself, working on it, figuring it out. See what I'm saying? It's tools, man. We got to look at these tools we have and how do we use them. And that's why I kind of like I like Chris because he, he pushes you to kind of go, is that good enough? Okay, that worked for him, that worked for him. Well, why did that work that way? What do we got going on? Where are our variables? If we look at this thing, vertical, horizontal, we got across, cross, right? Got my X and Y. Blah, blah, blah. Which mistake did I make? Was my mistake in the horizontal or was my mistake in the vertical? Meaning, is my dope a problem or is it my hold a problem? Is it my wind call a problem or I'm not steady enough? Am I, you know what I'm saying? So that's where it. it then you take these tools like, the craft drill, the challenge, and you're using those tools. And you're saying to yourself, all right, I got a tool. And I'm going to use it. So now, how is that going to help me down the road? Because it's one of my failings. I know I'm guilty of this. It's like I'll I'll go to a match and... I'll blow this over here and screw that up over there. And I'm not really recording that information and taking notes and going back and saying, this messed me up, this messed me up. I need to go practice that. This stuff over here, I did really well at. No big deal over there. Stop doing that. You know, just maintain that, but work on this. And that's where the booklets come in, right? Because they're telling you, they're mapping the stage out for you in a notebook. And I can say, stage six, I fucked up. Damn, man, I messed that one up good. So now I can shoot stage six, know I messed it up, walk off that stage, clear my stuff out, go to the next stage in area, take a break, take a deep breath, and say, where did I tank that friggin' thing? And write it in the book. Man, I felt like this. How do you feel in the moment? You're in the moment. How do you feel? I feel like shit. I was unsteady. I was shaking. I had a stage like that at the Guardian. Like there was this one stage in I, it, it shouldn't have been that big a deal. And when I got up there, and I know some, there was something else happening at the same time. I know there was like two things going on. And rather than go do those two things, I was like, fuck it, let's do it and get the stage done. And then I'll go over there and do this. I just wanted I, I wanted it off my plate. And as soon as I got up, I started getting shaky. I started moving and, and I was completely uncomfortable. It was like, you know, almost like felt like dehydrated, need aspirin. I mean, all these things, but it was really me just not settled in. Well, that's important information. You know what I mean? If you want to go and get from B to C, that may not, that may be too granular from A to B. But to get you from B to C, that's probably where you're going to have to be. That top 10, they're within a point or two of each other. You know what I mean? There's a lot of ties. There's a lot of people, you know, one stage, one target. So that's where all these little things matter. All these little things add up. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to eliminate the errors, eliminate the errors. I got to have less errors than that other guy. And in order to do that, you have to look back and reflect on every element of what we're doing. We have to look at this in both planes, our vertical and horizontal. We have to look at it from our practice standpoint. There's a ton of stuff that we have to do in order to get to that next level. And We get it, man. Not everybody has the time because it takes time. It takes effort to put in. I bring it up all the time that these guys practice all day. They think this is a job. They are getting paid a certain amount of money. Really, it's a side hustle for most of them, but it's a pretty good side hustle. And so you have to ask yourself, are you mentally prepared and in some cases, it's not physically is not the word I'm looking for, but um, financially, in um, it's well, it's, it's you got to be mentally prepared, you got to be financially prepared, and you have to have sort of and and I don't know the word I'm looking for. It's part of mental, but it's like that family dynamic. You have to have that stability in order to go out there and practice that much and be gone if you're somebody with a family. You know what I mean? And and so there's some people that that their their situations different than yours. Their wife gets it. Their kids get it. Hey man, daddy's not home. When you get older, he'll bring you. But right now, ain't yeah, happening. Yeah. So stuff to think about. Stuff to put it out there. Boom. I should have put something on the end of that. It needs to go. It should do this, and then it has to go. Now. See, that one doesn't even work. Anyway, so that's what I'm thinking. I'm going to knock this out really quick. I got some interviews going on. I got some guys to talk to, um, a couple guys. I know I'm going to talk to Colin Fossin to talk a little Garmin, uh, the uh, Applied Ballistics Garmin watch. I'm digging it. He's digging it. We're going to talk a little bit about it. I got Ted calling in, Ted Hoger. Um, He's the guy who does our weaponized math charts and different things, and Ted does some teaching, and I like Ted's in-depthness and Ted's another one of those thinker guys that I go to the new up and comings man. There's some people out there that I I always go like, you know, Chris might be one, Ted's one, where it's it's not like a Phil and Kalen where they're they're doing the same thing as me or Chris and Chris where they're kind of out there in public and the same as me, but there's guys that are sort of in this but not well known but kind of putting in every bit if not sometimes more effort. They're just kind of keeping to themselves that we all talk. And, and so Ted's one of them. And we're gonna bring Ted on. But we got the server going. We got things happening. My stuff set up downstairs. I got snow going on outside right now. Still snowing. Um computers down because snipers hides offline as they're upgrading. New servers. New app new live stream, new front page. We're going to start adding some stuff to the front page, some more articles and stuff. Like I talked with Phil Cashin at the Precision Rifle Expo. And um, MPA puts out a lot of content. They got a lot of videos. They got a lot of shooters. We're going to start filtering that through for the MPA guys so you see that stuff going on. And the nice thing with that is because they're so deep into that comp thing, not only, ah, they're advertising a little bit of their product, but you get to see people putting them into use. And what do we do? We mimic. We look at something, we mimic it. We look at something, we mimic it, and we adjust it. Yeah, that worked for him, not so much for me. I got to adjust it like this now, and that's where we're going to go. And then, like I said, the studio downstairs is is 90% done now. Painted it up, put my stuff up. I'm waiting for some backgrounds, you know what I mean? I ordered backgrounds like weeks ago and I thought they were just going to show up and my backgrounds didn't show up. So that was a little weird. I'm wondering where my backgrounds disappeared to. So anyway, I just wanted to make this one a short, quick one midweek and give you guys something to listen to for your little quick commutes. You guys who got those 30 minute commutes out there, you guys that are doing um the short rides, we're gonna we're going to make it up for the short ride people today. So uh, the short bus guys, <laughs> so that way they're, you know, some of you guys, like you start your podcast, you go to work and you're already at work and it's like, fuck, man, the things are right. I want to listen to the rest of it, but now I'm at work. Now this time you won't have to do that. You'll be able to come around and do all that. But think about your tools, man. Think about your data management. Think about where you're going in this process. Think about the progression, Right. We gotta we gotta be in order, man. A, B, C. You know, and granted, we're going all the way down to Z, but I'm just calling it A, B, C. From A to B, I know I can get away with a lot. But from B to C, man, I gotta be on top of it and I gotta really start thinking about those things. And I'm not saying everybody needs to be, you know, an A level shooter. B's a nice place. But there's you know, You got to look at the context. You got to look at the effort. You got to figure out how much can I afford to put into this hobby? It's fun. We love it. Go out and shoot local stuff, man. Gauge yourself. Say, hey, man, and look out for minor improvements. We're talking this weekend. We got Pawnee going on this weekend. And it's like I said, it's snow and all that stuff. They have it. We may end up going up and shooting Pawnee. Now, the bitches is I took like every gun here apart. Um, We got the Zeus's showed up. I didn't put scopes on them. None of them are zeroed yet. So I like pulled everything apart in anticipation of the new season and having the new rifles because we're running the Zeus's and stuff. Um, I got all the barrels in. I got a couple Bartlin, um, the hard steel, six creeds, um, gain twists, all kinds of shit. I mean, I got left hand gain twist, hard steel. Boom, 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 knocking it out, man. It's just like... It's gonna be that good, but none of it's none of it's assembled or zeroed or ready to go, and they're already like shooting matches in Pawnee this weekend, so hard to say, hard, hard to say. All right, guys, we're giving you that thirty minute, and. We're gonna go and, like I said, I got interviews coming up uh, tomorrow. I got some more interviews coming in. I got about three lined up. I just got to get everybody scheduled and organized, and then we're gonna start dropping these. But some good ones. We're gonna talk to Chris Way a little bit. We're gonna talk to Ted Hogar a little bit. We got Colin Fossen coming on. Man, I got all kinds of people lined up. So good stuff coming down the line. We just wanted to make sure you had a little bit of a um, intermission break. During the, during the weathers and, and all that stuff. Cool. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for going on the Podbean app and commenting. All you guys with all your comments, that was great. Really appreciate that. Keep it up. Uh, once the hide is back up and running, we'll put this guy up on Sniper's Hide. But um, until then, here you go, man. This is what you got. And we are out of here. Coming up pretty darn soon. <laughs>